It's San Diego Design Week, and welcome to this very special podcast, five-part mini-series called Designing the Fan Experience. I am one half of the Zero Chance podcast, Rick Romero. And my name is Jordan Stark of the brand design studio, Product Etc. Joining us will be marketing executives from San Diego's top professional teams, the Padres, Legion, Loyal, Seals, and the Sockers. And if you're listening to this episode, we have four other episodes out there available wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. In this episode, we speak with Tyler Submergent of the San Diego Seals. Where we discuss how the Seals have shifted from a traditional marketing mindset to thinking about themselves as an entertainment choice in a post-pandemic world. And how a world-class fan experience is as important in keeping fans happy as winning titles. All right, we are here and we are joined by Tyler Submergen, the VP of Marketing for the San Diego Seals. Thanks for joining us, Tyler. Thanks, Rick. Glad to be here. So box lacrosse is kind of a, a new uh, sport to San Diego. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the Seals and about box lacrosse? Sure. So the San Diego Seals launched in 2018, so we've been around for two seasons now, going into our third, knock on wood. Uh, the game of box lacrosse is, is very simple, actually. If you're familiar with the game of field lacrosse, same concept, everything the same. It's just played on a uh, hockey rink-sized uh, enclosure that just put grass over it. Uh, it, it. What it actually brings to the game is a higher level of energy and more goals. You don't have to wait when the ball goes out of bounds to, uh, all right, everyone pause. Uh, it's it's nonstop action, which is really fun. Uh, there's a lot of goals. I think the average score to a game will be something 10 plus goals for each team. Cool. So uh, why don't you uh, let the listeners know a little bit about what your role is with the team? Sure. So I'm the vice president of marketing for the San Diego Seals. Um, so I oversee a lot of the content that goes out, the overall marketing to the San Diego region. Uh, my goal is basically to expose the SEALs brand to all of San Diego, get people excited about the brand, get people really interested in who we are and, and to come out, even if you're not a lacrosse fan, to see the San Diego SEALs as an entertainment uh, alternative to what else is out there. There's not a whole lot of major league sports in San Diego, and it doesn't necessarily matter. You come out to a San Diego Seals game, and you're going to have a really good time. Yeah, like everything that I've seen has seemed electric. Like our our buddy Stephen Woods is always like getting the crowd fired up. Um, it looks very entertaining, very fast paced. Um, so, I mean, I. I'm stoked for the seals and I hope that third season you guys have an audience so I could be there and check out some games. Yeah. You and me both. I, I, and I think <laughs> we're on pace as long as we can stay safe and, and implement the right safety protocols, who knows? But one thing is for sure is the games themselves are so much fun. It doesn't matter if you know the game of lacrosse, you know, the players or anything it's nonstop action. It's a party. It's hard hitting. 
Uh, and what really makes it electric is is the fan element of it. It's a social yeah. environment. It's just really fun time. So let me ask you this. How has the design of the fan experience need to pivot uh, for you guys since the pandemic? This would be a bit of a long-winded answer, but I'll come around to it. When the <laughs> pandemic hit, uh, say March uh, of 2020, we had to stop playing games, right? So yeah. we were halfway through our, or I guess two thirds of the way through our season and, and boom, COVID hits. So when there was all this ambiguity in the marketplace of like, how bad is this thing gonna be? Are sports gonna come back? We basically had, had to hit pause for a moment. So I thought, yeah. you know, how can we stay engaged? How can we continue to produce content for our fans? And so we, we shifted gears when we couldn't be there to entertain in person, we shifted gears towards a virtual um, engagement, I guess, campaign, you can call it. But we had a series of, you know, workout at home with a, with a seal. And so it was like at home workouts led by one of our players. We had a dance class for the sirens that was led by our dance team geared towards, you know, anywhere children from four to 12. Very cool. we, had, we, had, we had identified really that <laughs> this sucks. Parents don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with their time or their kids. Uh, and everyone's in this weird holding pattern. So how can we get in front of people and still produce value? And we we did a number of different things, the workouts, the dance classes. We had at-home art class using things from around uh, the house, um, you know, a weekly activity book. Uh, you know, the list kind of goes on. That was our initial attempt to stay in front of of fans. So the fan experience shifted dramatically because of COVID. We're now currently in the off season, right? And we would be in the off season with or without COVID, but I'm starting to think about, okay, when we do return back to normal life and we do return back to having games, what are fans going to expect and what do they need to feel comfortable in, in the stadium? Yeah. And so I've shifted my mindset entirely from, uh, Yes, traditional marketing of a lacrosse entity to thinking of it more as like an entertainment, just an entertainment choice, not a lacrosse game, but an entertainment choice. And uh -huh. what are people, what do people need to enjoy that entertainment? Um, so from a long-term perspective, do you, are you starting to think about how how this might inform a long-term strategy as far as fan engagement. When we were talking to Ricardo uh, from San Diego Loyal, he was saying that there's some aspects, actually, no, Craig was saying this, that there's some aspects that have actually informed reevaluating the whole fan experience and the engagement of fans. Um, and and it, it's allowed them to put press pause and take a step back to kind of like move forward in the future and kind of like do it a little differently. Have, have, has, have you guys started thinking about how this long-term might affect the seals? Well, look, I think there's both positives and negatives that come out of this. I try to look on the bright side of things as much as possible, but negatives are clear. Uh, we don't even have to go into them, but positively it does give us a point to, hit the pause button and look back and say, we've only been around for two years. What have we been doing? What is our persona in the marketplace? What are, when someone says San Diego Seals, what does the average San Diegan think of? 
who are we? What do we stand for? Uh, and, and I think it's difficult as a marketer to, especially as a, with a new sports entity, to make sure that it's a really consistent message across the board. So it's given us a, a chance to hit pause and say, okay, what are we doing well in communication? What are we not doing very well? Give us, you know, we, I was just talking with my team the other day and we posed the question just in kind of like a fun brainstorm, like what did the SEAL stand for? And we kind of just came up with a long laundry list of words that come to mind. And the final two that we really jumped on that define the SEAL's personality would be excitement or the two categories that define the SEAL's personality would be excitement and ruggedness. We're an exciting game. Everything is fast paced. It's new to a lot of people. Uh, it's unique to a lot of people and it's exciting. And on the other other side of the spectrum, ruggedness is lacrosse is a, a warrior sport. It's physical and it's it's aggressive. It's outdoors. It's it's it represents toughness and strength. And have we been doing a good job with our design, with our uh, communication, with our overall messaging, to properly define the Seals brand in that way? I think yes and no. Uh, so you know, we made a shift moving forward. All of our graphic design work is going to be slightly modified. In, in the past, where you might have seen uh, a player with a purple background, it kind of felt flat. Um, you might now see a player with a purple background that has like a transparent concrete effect to it. So there's some level of grunginess feel to it, of like texture. It adds some fullness and life to the photo. And that's really small. But when you mm. think about your brand in an online world, it's your imagery is your storefront and you have to focus on the small details in order to uh, clearly communicate the, the bigger picture. For sure. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, now digital is really kind of all there is yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So, I mean, long-term you don't just become a San Diego staple overnight, right? Uh, so long term, yeah. I want to I want to think about what role we're going to have uh, in the minds of San Diegans first, and we'll get to community aspect and what I think our reason for being is later. Uh, but specifically, as it comes to COVID and the impact that's having on our long term effects, we're going to have to pay extra close attention to safety, whether that be player safety or fan safety. So everything is being thought of right now. We don't have answers, but everything from the yeah. penalty box like how many guys can be in the how many players can be in a penalty box at one time wow yeah, yeah. what about their travel when they go from here to uh, you know the east coast how are we making sure they're safe is there pre-game quarantining is there testing uh, and then on the fan side this is preliminary but like everything from the ticketing experience to parking to where you enter the concourse and maybe you have to stay on one side of the concourse or the other all of these ideas are being considered uh, at the end of the day we don't want to make this a drag for our fans we want it to feel safe so they can come and have a really good time and enjoy the party uh, but everything's being considered yeah i mean i guess you have to right <laughs> yeah we kind of just yeah. don't know um yeah a lot of a lot of unknowns and the world is just changing left and right no kidding weekly daily <laughs> daily i know yeah it's like uh, wake up what happened today what's happening today <laughs> you know? i know because it's like, it's groundhog day 
Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up even like the penalty box. Like, I mean, because these are changes to kind of like the actual in-game, um, you know, whole experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. Maybe our guys will make less penalties. Maybe it'll be a great thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> incredible that's just wild it's something i mean i wouldn't even think about um great that's 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 really insightful um so i know i know you know i know art and design specifically in lacrosse has kind of i'm not super familiar with it but i know it has a pretty big role in lacrosse just from the fact that I remember lacrosse socks were like a huge thing and they probably still are. I don't know, but what role does art and design play in lacrosse and the seals? So, you know, colors, kits, the sights, sounds, fan creativity, the whole nine, like how, how do you see that? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> when I was playing lacrosse, I played lacrosse when I was uh, middle school and high school. And I would always gravitated towards objectively what were the ugliest kits like i like <laughs> ugly socks because they were loud and obnoxious and fun and i think <laughs> that's what this kind of design element brings to the, the sport of lacrosse is it's a very fun game right and it's 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 fast and it's energetic and like the clothing represents that and so when it comes to the actual like kits itself it's, it's fun to wear you know it, it's really fun to design a special uniform like for example, we had a, a Star Wars themed game last year where we were showing support for Austin Stotts, who was our rookie of the year. So we called the, the game, we had a theme night called Wookiee of the Year. And all of the, uh, all the uniforms were like the Wookiee. And then afterwards, we donated several of the or the jerseys to uh, Sport Radies. And people were nice. bidding like crazy. Like they love, they love the uniqueness of a, of a fun jersey. And so I think that plays a huge role. That's awesome. And it's it's cool to see you guys, you know, raising money for an excellent cause, especially here in San Diego. So so regarding like the the you know the the that pageantry, um, how is it any different in the San Diego market compared to the rest of the league and the rest of the country? I, I believe so. I mean there's some cities uh, that we play on. So our league, the NLL, National Lacrosse League, has been around for 35 years. And it's the third largest indoor sport in the world. So right after the NBA, wow. NHL is the NLL. And there wow. are some markets. Wow. I, I, see, a lot of people from San Diego don't even understand that because San Diego inherently isn't a massive lacrosse market right now. But if you go to a game in Saskatchewan or uh, Calgary, or even Denver, uh, there's over 10,000 people in the stadium every game and people bleed for their teams. They're very excited. And in, in the market here in San Diego, there isn't that level of awareness yet. Now we're gonna get there. But yeah. when it comes to like the, the experience that you have here in San Diego, uh, you know, we still have, we have a very strong fan base. We do like the people that love the seals, they love the seals and it's a beautiful relationship between like the, the players and the fans. It's, they both give each other energy. You know, lacrosse is a fast game and there's action and it's physical. And when you see that physicality on the field, 
and the fans get excited, then the players get excited and they get like an adrenaline burst. And then the fans get, it's like the symbiotic relationship that they yeah. fuel one another. Yeah. Um, and so that's really fun. And even if you don't know the game, you feel that you could feel it in the air when you walk into the arena. Is there like a different style, uh, like regarding, you know, the, the, the kits or even, you know, the marketing approach that, that you kind of are taking, uh, as opposed to kind of other cities? Well, yes. And this is actually interesting. We have a number of these like special jerseys that we've done over the past two years. My thought process is for this next year is to maybe do one Jersey, one special kit, but no more than that, uh, because there isn't the overall recognition of the seals colors and the seals brand in San Diego yet. So in other markets, let's say you've been around for 35 years and everyone knows that your colors represent your team. And it's the national summer sport of Canada. People love lacrosse there. And on the East coast, people love lacrosse. They know, they know their teams. Um, I would actually like to take a step away from the special kits and really promote our core and away jerseys. Yeah. Our core yeah. kits so that people start seeing that brand recognition and there's that consistency there. Right. Yeah. On. I think that's smart. Like, yeah. especially, you know, make your mark on the city of San Diego. Yeah. Alternate kits are always super cool. Um, but from a brand perspective, you definitely want to kind of establish that. Yep. Yeah. So there's like a line that you, you tow, right? I mean, you want to continue to have fun and make things unique and interesting, which I think we do a fine job with or without the kits. Um, but also my primary objective right now for the team is just to make us a staple in San Diego. And that starts yeah. with the overall, the branding. For sure. Um, so you kind of talked a little bit about this as far as the kind of fan and player synergy and kind of just like playing off each other. Um, and I don't know how much, how much feedback you get direct from players, but so the uniforms, the pageantry, the planned game day experience, you know, the sights and the sounds, how does that relate to the player experience as opposed to the fan? Well, I think really players get energy from creating the right environment. And when you create the right environment, players perform better. I mean, it's actually very interesting. If you look at European football clubs uh, and their home record before COVID and after COVID, statistically, these European football clubs are performing worse at home now that there's no fans in the stadium. So wow. it is it is extremely impactful to the players to have that energy and that atmosphere, even though if you talk to, it might even be subconscious to some level, right? you don't realize how much adrenaline they're actually giving you. Um, but creating that atmosphere helps the players do better, which then gets the fans more into it. Saying yes, players, it, it turns into that wheel and then they, they continue to fuel each other again. Like that's, it's, it's absolutely vital. And that starts from the marketing department here and the in-game, um, in-game arena. We have a great, uh, in-game entertainment director here, his name's Mike Grace, and he puts on a hell of a show. He really mm -hmm. does. Um, every There's never a dull moment. There's uh, fan involvement, there's player involvement, there's backstories of the players. It's it's just so, it's so well done and so fun that it ends up 
making the experience what it is. It, it ends up making this atmosphere that's conducive to creating these lifelong memories. Yeah. Gracie's Gracie's awesome. So that's like fast, the, the kind of that's fascinating to me. Um, and Rick and I are pretty familiar with this debate. So, so a while ago, we started this thing called bring back the Brown, which was pre trying to put some grassroots pressure on the Padres to reintroduce the Brown uniforms. And we would get in, I would get in Twitter debates with people who are really big baseball statistic like nerds. And I'm a art nerd. I'm a uniform and marketing and brand identity nerd. And so they would come over and say, who cares? Let's just win. They could wear and pink for all I care. <laughs> they could wear trash bags. Was it? Yeah. I don't care. And our, our point was this stuff matters. This stuff matters. It's not just fluff. It's not just this esoteric art talk. People care about these things and whether it translates from fan excitement to player excitement to how to measure on-field performance as a result of art and design. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that, but we're starting to see some things as far as even COVID with loss of fans. There's no fans. Okay. Well, how does that translate to on-field performance? There is a connection. There is some kind of connection to fan excitement. And then how does that translate to uniforms? You know how to measure that? I don't know, but, there's some kind there's got to be some kind of connection there yeah, next time one of these quant nerds try to tell you that it is important show them the ratio of winning teams and attendance compared to overall experience and attendance like what's going to make somebody come back isn't in most sports there's a couple exceptions in most sports the performance of your team is not the reason that people come back to games it's because when they were there they had a fun experience what goes into that experience is the whole package. It's the whole feeling. It's the colors. Yeah. It's the pageantry. It's the music. It's the social element. It's the scene. That Absolutely. Is, that's the fun part of sports. If they win, that's added bonus, but you don't go yeah. to a game and you know, there's diehards. There's some diehards. If your team loses, you still have a fun time. I mean, I, I think yeah. Rick and I as Liverpool fans, we had a long kind of drought of not a lot of uh, trophies and and success. We can we can relate to that as just the sights and sounds alone were enough to kind of stick with the team and continue watching games year to year. That's that's why uh, my accountant hates me, and most accountants hate their marketing directors because they don't understand <laughs> anything qualitative. It's all about the actual numbers. Yeah, it's like yeah, me, this this stuff matters. Yeah, it does. I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Um, besides the entertainment value, what role do you think cl uh, club sports, sporting institutions and organizations, what role and value do you think they bring to communities and cities? I think that's like the primary reason for being or raison d'etre for any sports entity is like your involvement within the community and for us, we're really lucky with San Diego Seals that it starts from the top. Our owner, Joe Sai, is, is very involved in the San Diego community and our president, Steve Gubbett, 
uh, very involved and makes that a huge priority. So like we, we definitely take the extra effort to, to give back in any way we can. When COVID started, Joe was able to make a donation to local San Diego hospitals and donate 500,000 pieces of PPE equipment to hospitals in need. So masks, gloves, wow. uh, when people were getting sick and it was really hard Incredible. to, you know, it was very difficult to get those kind of materials uh, embargo on China, all these things. Joe went to great lengths to, to make sure that San Diego was safe and, and cared for. Um, similarly, we, uh, we have a lot of different school programs that we have to interact with the local community. So we have a um, alliance with San Diego Unified School District to, at this point, it's going to be virtually, but we have these in-person assemblies in a real normal environment where we, we teach about not just lacrosse, but health, overall health and wellness. Like, What does a nutritious diet look like? Why is it important to stay active and, and stay moving? Um, we have an anti-bullying component and how sports can uh, bring out competitiveness in younger folks that translates to success for the rest of their life. But while they're learning that, they're learning about broader uh, character traits, like hmm. how to win with uh, how to win with honor and how to be gracious for what you have and how to play the sport to your hardest with, with integrity, but accept loss or accept a win. Um, our involvement in the community is really, oh, wow. I think, we've been around for like two years, right? So I think it's just the start, but I would say as much as we are a sports team and a sports program here in San Diego, almost as much effort goes into our community involvement. And that's how it should be with all sports teams, really. Yeah, I concur. Mm -hmm. So aside from the pandemic, we're at, we're hitting, um, we're hitting on some kind of long overdue, Conver tough conversations about racial injustice. Um, a lot of leagues around the country have been issuing statements and support um, in different ways. Uh, what are the SEALs in lacrosse in general? How are they kind of addressing what's going on today? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when these movements of social injustice started happening, um, you know, they've obviously been going on for a long time. And uh, just more recently started getting the attention that they really deserve. Uh, but we felt like it, it was, we had to make a statement ourselves. So the Steels, Steels made a statement standing with those oppressed by social injustice. And uh, it starts really from the top, our owner, Joe Sai, who also, I don't know if you, I mentioned this before, owns the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he issued a statement with the Brooklyn Nets and he encouraged us to also issue a statement, uh, which our entire organization was, wholeheartedly behind our president, Steve Govett, we, we issued a statement just supporting the, the movements, right? And that's, it's interesting coming from the lacrosse organization. Lacrosse historically is not the most diverse game. It's not, I mean, what comes to mind is, is either um, like Native Americans who developed the sport hundreds of years ago, or like kind of preppy East Coast kids. And that's not who we are or represent, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's just this yeah. kind of a non-diverse element to lacrosse. So if we don't look at ourselves and say, well, something's sort of messed up here. What can we be doing differently? If we can't call a spade a spade and, and enact change uh, with our organization, then where's the change gonna come from? So we issued a statement, which is just that, it's just a statement. So we have to follow that with action. So what we've been doing 
over the past uh, couple months is developing a program that brings lacrosse to uh, people who haven't been exposed to the sport before. Maybe it's some in, in lower socioeconomic areas or uh, those who just haven't had the equipment or uh, teaching or direction on, on what lacrosse is. And so we're volunteering. Yeah, thank you. It's, um, we're volunteering the time of our players um, and they're going and basically giving these like free intro lacrosse, intro to lacrosse clinics, uh, providing all the, the sticks, goals, balls, and everything, and then actually donating that at the end. That's awesome. And I, I expect this program, it's this type of stupid COVID. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, the groundwork is laid. And yeah. We, we have um, we have some like, we have an alliance with Salvation Army. Uh, we're developing one with the YMCA and a number of other entities around San Diego. Uh, so that we can we can run these clinics and really scale it once it's a safe environment to do so. That's so awesome. I mean, I I've been trying to I've been talking to my wife about this, and I've been saying this all it it sucks. It's horrible. Um, but the good news is there's a lot of work to do. And she goes, "How is that good?" <laughs> and I go, "Well." <laughs> it means that we can be involved and take action. There's, there's actually things to improve in the world and um, we can, we can ourselves, we can do play our role in making things better for the future. So it's really, it's really awesome to see that, that you guys are, are doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's just every, every action, not one entity organization person or anything can act, can create the change that needs to happen, but if everyone plays their role, then it will happen faster. That's the best we can do. Yep. Yeah. That's very well put. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to plug the seals, social media accounts where you can find you guys. Yeah. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at seals lacks. Um, check out our website. We have some cool content coming out on Instagram and Facebook soon. Uh, go check it out. I think you'll really like it. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks. much. I know I, you, I've Tyler. actually been pretty stoked about like seeing a lot of these teams pivoting to like digital and social media and like trying to reach the audience that way. So it's been fascinating. So I'm looking forward to seeing all this stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's funny. There's like a, all these different teams trying different things and like, to some extent, the public's going to be a little bit numb because there's so much. So you really have to be unique and outrageous in order to stand out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well it was, was so that a little hint? Was that a little yeah. hint? <laughs> well, you know, just stay tuned. Give it a call. You might, you might like it. Uh, cool. Well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Right. See you guys. Thanks so much. If you like this episode, we had the opportunity to chat with other marketing executives from your favorite San Diego sports teams. And you can find those episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.